Hello, this is Dwayne McCurry. I'm the team leader for Adult Explore the Bible, and today I'm joined by Mike Livingston, who's a member of the editorial team. Mike, thank you for being with us today. Thanks for having me. Today we're looking at session seven, which is entitled Living Wisely, and it deals with the contrast between the wise and the fool and the path to joy. We're going to be looking at Proverbs 14, verses 8 through 15. So let's just give you a quick summary of this particular passage. We're going to be looking at this a little bit different, and we're going to talk about that in just a little bit, Mike, about why this outline is done a little bit differently than we would normally study a particular passage and explore the Bible. The first outline section is entitled Prudent, and it deals with verses 8 and 15. In these two verses, Solomon contrasts the wise and the foolish, characterizing the wise as prudent, and the foolish as gullible. The second part of the outline deals with verses 9 and 14, and it's entitled Content. In these two verses, Solomon emphasized that foolishness leads to discontentment, while wise living leads to contentment. The third section, or the third point of the outline is Joyful, and that's verses 10 and 13. In these two verses, Solomon declared that the person who appears to be happy may actually be bitter, knowing that laughter is not the same thing as joy. So we're going to talk about the difference between happiness and joy here in just a minute, Mike. Fourth point is thriving, and that's verses 11 and 12. In these two verses, Solomon pronounced judgment on those who ignore God's wisdom and blessing on those who follow God's wisdom. He reminds his readers that relying on human ingenuity will lead to death. Now, Mike, I've already mentioned that this outline's laid out a little bit different where we've gotten the first point, verses 5 through 18, the second one, 9 through 14, the third point, 10 through 13, and the fourth point, 11 and 12. Not the normal way we do stuff. Right. Uh, help us, let's, let's help the teachers understand why we've organized the study this way. Yeah, there's, there's a, a reason we don't go sequentially through the verses starting, you know, 8, 9, 10, 11. It's because Solomon was using a liter, literary device or, or format that's often referred to as a chiasmus or chiasm. Um, and, and when we understand that, that format or that liter, literary device, it really helps us in understanding the passage, I think, or in, in understanding what the main point of the passage is. And you can see this uh, laid out in outline form, what we're talking about here in the personal study guide. And I think also, Wayne, in the daily discipleship guide, you, you find yeah. it as well. So uh, it's shaped as an arrow. Yeah. And so you can you see it outlined, and sometimes it just helps to see it visually. So if you have those resources, uh, you take a look at it there. But essentially what it is, is a biblical writer presents a sequence of ideas, and then he repeats those ideas in reverse order, like kind of like a, a mirror effect. So you've got ideas, you know, A, B, C, D, then repeated in reverse order, D, C, B, A. And typically, not in every case, but typically what's in the center of that arrangement is is what the writer is wanting to emphasize. Um, by the way, that, that term chiasmus or, or chiasm, it comes from the, the Greek letter chi, which is written as an X. Oh. So you could just imagine you write, you, you write the letters A, B, A, B on one line, and right below that you write on the next line B, A, then you draw a line from A to A, B to B, and what you have a, it, it is an X. It forms an X, so that's, that's where this gets its name. Um, but just remember, what we need to remember is that 
It, it's, a, it's a sequence of ideas, and then it's repeated in, in reverse order. So here's how it works in, in our passage in Proverbs 14. You've got these three ideas, three themes, um, in verses 8, 9, and 10. You would outline it A, B, C uh, in 8, 9, and 10. And then in verses 13 to 15, Solomon repeats those same three themes, but in reverse order. So you've got A, B, C, and then C, B, A, if you're so you outlining got, it. So you've got prudent, content, joyful, then joyful, content, prudent. Yeah, so it's, okay. yeah, same ideas basically repeated in, in, in reverse order. But in the middle of all that, in the center, in verses 11 and 12, that's what uh, is intended to be the, the emphasis, the point of emphasis, the main point in this passage is what you find in the middle of that arrangement. So if, if that is true, then, then the emphasis here is on the judgment of, on those who ignore God's wisdom and blessing on those who follow God's wisdom. So at the very center, you got those ideas, which would probably be the emphasis of this passage. Now, this, this literary device, you can find it in numerous places in Scripture, not only in the Old Testament, but even in the New Testament you find you'll find this. Um, even the, the words of Jesus, you can find a very simple chiasmus. For example, I'll give you an example or two in Mark 2, 27, when Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man and not man for the Sabbath. That's a very simple chiasmus is what we're talking about. The, the word Sabbath and man are repeated in reverse order. Uh, or, or Matthew 23, 12, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Again, very simple chiasmus. The words exalt and humbled are repeated in reverse orders reverse order so a chiasmus can be just as as brief as one verse it can be a paragraph it can cover a chapter it could cover a, a, a you know a whole section a group of uh, chapters there's one uh example and it, and it relates to solomon's i just want to point to this as briefly as i can um, because it helps us understand what we're talking about how this Understanding this literary device helps us pinpoint the emphasis being made. So in 1 Kings chapters 1 through 12, it's about Solomon. And the first part of that story, of that section in chapters 1 through 6, uh, the first part corresponds to chapters 7 to 12. So it starts with Solomon is named the king. And then his kingdom is established. Solomon uses his wisdom for good. Solomon builds the temple. Or he builds the shell, the outer shell of the temple. And then the same ideas are repeated, starting in chapter 7, verse 15. Reverse order? or Reverse same? order, yeah, in reverse order. He, Solomon finishes uh, the utensils for the, the temple, he dedicates the temple, and then his wisdom is misused, and then his kingdom is disestablished, and then Rehoboam becomes king. So same themes, but in reverse order order, but in the middle of all that, right in the middle of that story, 1 Kings 7, 1 through 14. And it kind of seems out of place, but it's the turning point in the story. And so right in the middle is, is the most important part. Solomon has built the outer shell of the temple, and it, it, te it tells us that he did that in seven years, but before he prepared it for worship and before he dedicated it to the Lord, he spent 13 years building a palace for himself. And you wonder if the, if the biblical writer was telling us something about, uh, about Solomon and his heart 
in the way he arranged all of this and what he put in the very center of this chiasmus. And so when you, when you come to the second part of the chiasmus, the reverse order of things, in chapter 11 of 1 Kings, you read that Solomon's heart has been turned away from the Lord, and, and this chiasmus concludes with Rehoboam becoming king uh, in place of Solomon. So understanding the literary device and how that works is really key in understanding the emphasis of a passage. We mentioned earlier that there's a differentiation between being happy and being joyous. There's also probably something, a difference, too, between having stuff and contentment. How will we help our group understand that difference? Yeah, well, happiness is grounded in the world, in circumstances. Joy is grounded in eternity. So because happiness is grounded in the world and in circumstances, when the circumstances of life take a turn for the worse, then that happiness will fade away. But because joy is grounded in eternity, it has nothing to do with our present circumstances. Joy comes from a relationship with the Lord, and, and nothing, uh, in, in our circum- nothing in the world is going to change that. Uh, that's secure. So our joy comes from the Lord. So, and, and likewise, you mentioned that the, the difference between having stuff and, and contentment, that's hinted at um, in this passage in our lesson in Proverbs 14, 11, uh, Solomon says, The house of the wicked will be destroyed, but the tent of the upright will flourish. So it, Solomon is, is contrasting the wicked who live in a house and the upright who live in a tent. And by all appearances... <laughs> you wouldn't expect that. Yeah, by all appearances, you think, well, living in a house is preferable to living in a tent. Um, people who live in tents wouldn't appear to have... a as much security as someone who lives in a house, but in this case, the the point here is that they're actually better off. Uh, that the ones who live in the tent are the ones who thrive. They're the ones who who flourish. And so, you know, you might ask your group, right? You know, I probably ask my group, well, how does how does that verse, how does that concept or idea relate to what Jesus taught in in Matthew seven when he, when he talked about the two foundations? Uh, that's, you know, his point was it's not the size of the house, but it's the foundation that we build our lives on that provides contentment and security in life. Verses 10 and 13, we see the idea of wearing masks. A lot of times we wear masks to hide the pain of life, and we really see that in the church. we got to put on our, our church face. How can we help the folks in our group be honest about life experiences. Yeah. Even, uh, Get that mask out of there. Yeah. Um, great. You know, verse 13 there, even in laughter, a heart may be sad. You know, how, how true, true that is. And the Hebrew word translated sad in verse 13 can also mean pain. So a person's laughter on the outside can actually mask his or her pain on the inside. Tell they hide it. Yeah, there's an emotional pain on the inside that, that, that is masked by your, your, their outward appearance. And we know this is true, that people go to church every week wearing a mask. They're faking it. They're pretending that everything is okay and everything is not okay. They're hurting inside. And there, there will be people who come to your group, who come to your class, who are hurting on the inside, and you would never know it. Um, and they need to know it's safe to take the mask off, that they can take that mask off. They need to know that they can trust um, the members of that group with, with their pain. 
So how do we help, you know, as a teacher, as a leader, how do we help uh, our group members be honest about what's going on in their lives? Uh, well, it starts with us. It starts with the leader. Um, we, we have to be honest. We have to be transparent. We have to be vulnerable uh, about our own, our own hearts and, and, and lives and the pains that we're going through. We may be hiding our own pain in we, that way. We've, yeah, we may be. It starts with us. Let me just point to an activity that's suggested in the, the leader helps and in the teaching plans, the group plans. It deals with pack item 12 and 13. The, the idea is for you to give half the group pack item 12, which is a handout entitled Wisdom in Proverbs, and the other half copies of pack item 13, which is a handout entitled Fool in Proverbs. Distribute that to two different teams. You can create as many small teams as you want to, just making sure it's half and half. And then have them review those ha- those handouts and identify the key words used to define wise and fool on the handout and in this passage. So it does give you a way to help them understand that contrast. Mike, any other key ideas or thoughts you would want to share before we go? Yeah, just a part of preparation. It's just a very general thought, but a part of preparation as a teacher is heart preparation. You know, preparing our hearts. That that is uh, no less important than than reading the lesson and listening to the podcast and and doing all these other things. So prepare on your knees this week. Just prepare on your knees. Pray for your own heart. And pray especially for your group members, because some of those group members who, who are going to be there Sunday, they're, they're hurting on the inside. They're hurting on the inside. So be praying for them. Now, in the fall of 2020, you're going to see some changes in the Explore the Bible resources. You're going to find a fresh cover design, a few tweaks to the layout in the personal study guide and daily discipleship guide. Uh, those tweaks are going to help you read the information a little more easily and also give additional space for more commentary. And then there's some changes, a few changes in the leader guide. You can get an early look at these enhancements by clicking on the sample tab on our website at goexplorethebible.com. Now, when you click on that tab, you're going to be asked for an email to get the samples. But We promise to be good stewards of your email. We encourage you to take a look at those samples so you'll know what's coming in the fall. Thank you for listening today and know that we pray for you and hope that you will do the same for us, that God will give us wisdom as we create and explore the Bible study.